All right, Tellers, today we are speaking with Lance West. He is a CPA, and we're going to find out more of what that means. But we're just thinking that this is really going to help us get prepared for finances during the holidays. Thank you so much for joining us, Lance. Thank you for having me. So, Lance, why don't you tell us just kind of your background as far as like how old you are, your family and all that stuff. All right. So I am 33 years old uh, as of just a few days ago. Um, I married to my beautiful wife, Brittany. We've been married six years, um, about six. Yeah, six and a half years. We have two beautiful children, a four-year-old Scarlett and a two-year-old Ford. Um, Yeah, we're just uh, getting through life at the moment with two (laughs) young toddlers that love to scream and yell a, a lot. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, happy birthday. So well, that just so happened. Huh? I appreciate it. <laughs> cool. And so what is your background as far as like your education to get to your career? So, okay. So out of high school, I was big into baseball. So I actually got, I went to a junior college in um, Texas to play baseball. And basically I, I took a few classes. It was really, I was there to play baseball, but I did learn a little bit. Um, and then I went and got drafted and I played a little bit of minor league baseball and wow. about four, three years, three or four years after that. And throughout that time, I met uh, my wife, Brittany, who was very driven. She's an occupational therapist, very went in knockout school. Um, mm-hmm. I was released, I guess, after about three years. And after meeting her, I was very driven to get my degree. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do at the time, but I did like numbers. So accounting made sense. It seemed like it'd be stable and some, something that I could at least give it a shot. I think uh, the professor said, you either love, you know, if you love it or hate it after your first uh, class. And I ended up loving it. <laughs> but uh, I went to LSUS. I graduated in about three years. I, I was very, like I said, very driven that she knocked hers out quick and I was going to knock mine out quick. Um, mm-hmm. All throughout college, I interned with a local firm in town. And then right after that, I went to, um, I actually accepted a job offer at another uh, firm in Shreveport, that's a public accounting. And I went into that, I was there for about four, a little four and a half years. And then I decided to go on my own. It was actually the year that we had our, um, our daughter and I was never home. It was public accounting. When you work for a big firm, mm-hmm. you, you work 24 seven, especially mm-hmm. tax season. You're lucky to come home and take a shower. I mean, it's just that kind of <laughs> life. And it it was fine when it was just me and Brittany. But when Scarlett came in the picture and I was seeing that there really wasn't going to be an opportunity for me to be able to spend the time that I wanted to spend with her. Um, I made the choice and God opened some doors that uh, made it possible. And so I went on my own, very, very small and slow and steady over the last four, four and a half years that I've been on my own. He God has just been taking it and growing it. And it's been it's been great and continuing for growth in the future. Wow. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Really big leap there to do that. Were you nervous about kind of doing that Uh, on your own? Yes. And no, Uh, it's, I mean, it was kind of the alternative was to not see my kids. So no, I mean, (laughs) truthfully (laughs) make it happen or the alternative was just going back. I mean, CPAs are in pretty high demand, especially in the public accounting industry. So you're not really too concerned about getting another job. Right. Make, you know, take the leap, see if it happens. 
And if that's the path that God has for me, it was going to work out, which it did. I'm thankful it did. If not, it just would have gone back and tried something else. <laughs> yeah. And what does CPA stand for? Did you have to do uh, something else outside of school in order to get certified? Yeah. So whenever I, because they've been changing up the test, but CPA stands for Certified Public Accountant. Um, mm. It is a miserable, miserable thing to get, but if you're in accounting, <laughs> it's highly it's highly desirable to get it. it. It definitely, you're going to really stall your career if you don't, but basically um, mm -hmm. you have to have 150 uh, college credits to mm -hmm. be able to sit for the CPA. Um, there's four parts. I think there's a fifth now that they're adding, but the uh, ethics course, it was not mandatory in Louisiana at the time, which you got to love that. But um, <laughs> at the time that there's four tests, it is, I mean, when you think you don't have a life during public accounting, you truly don't have a life when you're studying for your CPA. You have 18 months to pass four parts. You study. I mean, you're either working or studying. You can uh, ask my wife. She did not see me at all. I was either at work or in the office at the house studying, um, but got it out of the way. And thankfully, you don't have to, <laughs> to do anything like that ever again. Yeah. But yes, it's and it, it definitely catapults your career. Now, does that have to be renewed, though? Or No, uh, so, you, you know. So you have to take a lot of CPE to continue uh, with your license. You have to stay up to date with uh, the AICPA, which is American Institute of Certified Public Accountants, and the LCPA, which is Louisiana uh, Certified mm -hmm. Public Accountants. And um, you have to take a lot of CPE for this. I mean, especially for something that changes as frequently as taxes can. Right. Are, it's kind of funny how they do it. You have to take. You have to take. 80 hours every two years with a rolling average of 40 hours. But it, it's weird how they do it because technically mm. I didn't take as many as I should have last year. I kind of coasted. And so I think I only took about 30 and I, I have 58 to do this year and I have not done one. So it's going to be a fun oh, wow. December. But that's usually how it is. <laughs> mm. So what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis as a CPA? Uh, pretty much anything financial. I mean, I do payroll for clients, general bookkeeping, taxes, work on budgets, tax planning, financial reviews of compiled financials. Um, basically, anything that has to do with financials, financial statements, clients ask, and I'll take care of it for them. Mm -hmm. But I, I would say the majority would be taxes. I mean, that's typically because I am on my own, but I still would be considered in the public accounting industry. And so that is the general really heavy in um, tax. I do not do audits. That's a whole different beast that I did not want to, to mess with. <laughs> There's a lot of liability involved that I did not want to, to go with. And, and I enjoy taxes because it gives you opportunity to meet a lot of new clients and get to interact mm. and audit is, it's not that way at all. It's just one huge puzzle that gets really boring. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so you talked about doing budgets for people like, what are the pros and cons of doing a budget? Would you say that every single person who's alive needs a budget? <laughs> I, I mean, yes. It, it it blows my mind in the the percentage of people that do not have a budget. Only in the sense, um, and and something I I didn't I forgot to mention is in my business. This actually this beginning of this year, I joined the Dave Ramsey team. I'm not sure if y'all are familiar. with Oh him, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. The local ELP for uh, Shreveport Bozier technically all of Northwest Louisiana in an effort to grow the business. And it's been really great. But um, in 
doing so, you know, I've gotten some new resources and, and new connections with other CPAs in the country that are also with Dave. And, you know, Dave is all about budgeting and it, mm-hmm. it's, it blows my mind that the way that people can just kind of be really lackadaisical with their finances. And uh, I'm not yeah. sure if Dave said it or he's just quoted, but it's, if you don't tell your money where to go at the beginning of the month, you'll be left at the end of the month wondering where it went. And it's mm-hmm. so true. And, and it's so unbelievable how many people are okay with that. They're, they, they're okay with going along with it. And then when the end of the month hits and the stress hits and they question why, and they want to make a change, but then they go through the same cycle again the, the following month. Mm-hmm. So to me, there's nothing but pros for a budget. Uh, I understand that there is some cons and, and feeling strict and, and limiting yourself. But if you do a budget the right way, you can work that in to where you leave yourself that cushion, but you budget for the cushion. And so you, mm-hmm. you get, you know, just like with, with a diet, I mean, you can't sit there and starve yourself and, and say, Oh, you can't eat anything. Cause every diet like that will fail. You have to be able to work things in and budgets are no different. Hmm. That's a good analogy. I think that's pretty cool. Because if you, if it's so strict, then you might not, you might give up on it, you know? And 99% of the reasons that most budgets fail is because of that. Mm. Because they were too strict to begin with. They had this goal of being debt free and not being realistic about what that really entails, because that's a very, very difficult road to get to. And so they yeah. see the same goal at first when they're driven at the end of the month. And then when that mid month comes around and they want to go have a nice meal somewhere, and then they crash their whole budget because they didn't plan for it the month before. Right. So what is the, where do you start with a person then? If you're saying, okay, you're not just trying to go all in, that might be too much. So where do you help me, the person to start? So what I like to do, if I have a, a new client that really is serious about making a budget and wants to, I give them homework. And in that homework, it takes a little while, but I say, okay, you pull every credit card statement and every bank statement for the last year. You pull it up and you list every expense, every single cent, which this is usually completely eye-opening for people, especially in the eating out department. (laughs) 99% of people go, wow, I did not realize how much I spent eating out. And it's so easy to swipe that card and forget about it. But Mm -hmm. go in, see where you're at. Bring that all that information to me and I'm going to throw it into a spreadsheet and we're going to see how basically you're going to be negative. So how negative you are each month. From there, we can determine what your fixed assets are, you know, your mortgage, your utilities, your phone bill, all that fun stuff. And then how much you're spending on this miscellaneous stuff. Mm -hmm. And also with this year budget, it helps you get an average of say, okay, hey, I'm average. I'm averaging a thousand dollars on eating out a month. That is ridiculous. And so it's a way that we can work all that away. That way, at the end of the month for our budget, we have our income. Whatever our income is for the year, minus all of our expenses, and we zero it out. If after throwing all the expenses and you just have a phenomenal job that pays crazy money and you have $3,000, <laughs> you have to put that somewhere. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, oh, I have $1,000. You you know, you need to put 2000 to savings. You need to give another 1000 You need to, everything has to be accounted for. Yeah. So that's the way to start. But also, I mean, with anything, a budget has to adapt because as you pay off debt, as you get a a, uh, um, a uh, raise as you pay you know anything you're going to have extra money or you're going to might might lose some money and so that 
budget has to adapt. You have to stay on top of it each month. Hmm. Right. So you talked about people might be losing money. What about for those like this year, folks have like lost jobs. Like how would you even handle budgeting in that situation? I mean, that, that is a very difficult situation. I mean, I, I mean, typically someone who lost a job isn't really worried about a budget as much. Uh, right. Um, <laughs> it's true. I mean, the more it's kind of hard to get advice for someone who doesn't have a job except for just to to pray it and trust God's God's path yeah. for you. And I mean, he he is always with us and it's going to work out. Um, mm-hmm. My thing would be to if anyone's pulling unemployment to be mindful that that's taxable. Um, but the biggest thing is to prepare for it because those things do Mm. happen to us and so prepare like with dave you know he has his baby steps and the first Mm -hmm. one is save a thousand dollars and then eventually save that three to six month emergency plan i mean it's hard to do at first but i mean no one foresaw this year coming and if you prepared for it it wouldn't hit you as hard and you'd be able to get through it and because the stress that comes with that is unimaginable Has this year affected your client or do, are things looking different for what you do for your clients now because of COVID? I mean, honestly, no. Um, during tax season, it was a little, it was a little strange, uh, especially, you know, tax season usually ends around April 15th or on April 15th or, you know, a few days here or there. But um, this year it got pushed to July 15th. So it was very strange on April 15th not being really busy <laughs> and still having half of my clients not filed. It was, it was very strange. Um, mm. But typically a lot of, you know, and with any client, they, when they're handing over sensitive information, your W2s has all your socials, everything on it. You, you want to be face to face. You want to sit down and go over everything. Right. So yeah. A lot of that had to be changed, uh, but I have a, like a company portal set up where you can scan everything in and, mm-hmm. um, everything can be done remotely. I mean, thankfully the uh, industry has really adapted to use the technology given. So I can log into clients, computers, I can zoom call with clients that want to have a face-to-face, but not sit down in the office. I can share my screen and go over the taxes on my screen with them. And so it's been, it hasn't really affected the business at all. um, Truthfully. Uh, I mean, as sad as this is to say that actually kind of benefited my business because it required more information. I mean, more work, a lot of my clients needed PPP loans for their uh, large payrolls. And so that was an additional uh, additional work in, in getting all that information required for these clients in their banks. Mm. But I mean, yeah, it's uh, and it's, it's really been something, too, because a lot of my clients have actually had their income grow this year with it. it mm. It's been very strange. It really has. I mean, you know, you hear the news and small business are suffering, but for 85 to 90% of my businesses, they all had good years. It, it's been wow. something. Yeah, it really has. I know it's not something you would think to hear, but truthfully, I mean, because with the stimulus package that came out that, that really benefited a lot of uh-huh. companies and especially ones that weren't really hit that hard. I mean, it was nothing but bonus for them. Mm-hmm. Now that makes me want to ask this question that that stimulus that we all got, is that taxable? Um, 
Yeah, I don't know if it's taxable, but I do know it's working through as a credit in the future years. And so basically those who weren't eligible to get it will be eligible for this credit. And then you won't. So in a way it will, because it will reduce your credit. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. So basically, yeah, they just gave you an advance on the Mm. tax credit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what would your advice be for those who want to shop for the holidays? How, how would you tell people to handle that? I mean, so first things first is have a budget. I mean, if, if you don't have a budget in place, then it's really hard to have a discussion, but if you have a budget, then stick to it. I mean, <laughs> do not buy emotionally. <laughs> do not buy with credit mm-hmm. cards. If you can buy mm-hmm. cash, buy cash. Uh, make a list. That will help with the cutting down the emotion. And uh, for those, especially this time of year and with the year we've had that might not have a big budget for Christmas, it's not all about the material things. Focus on the memories. Mm-hmm. Focus on the good times with family and not about the material side of it because that will – you know, there's always a lot of pressure to to feel like you have to keep up with the Joneses of buying certain yeah. things. That's not what it's about. Yeah. Not even in the slightest. Yeah. Because as someone with young kids, uh, I could go get a cardboard box and they'd be just as happy with that as right. in the little car that came in it. So, yeah, there's easy ways to to be able to save money. But the biggest thing is you have to stick with the budget. Buy with cash because that cash starts a lot more coming out of your hand than swiping a credit card. And make sure you have the money to buy. That's why the biggest thing of avoiding credit cards. Don't spend money you don't have. But that's really good how you said it. it's more, it's not really about the material things. Like with your faith, are you able to, to go there with your clients? Are you able to kind of. I do. Put I that mean, in there. <laughs> I've really been pressed this year to, as I've been pressing in to, for, for God to just show me, I guess, more reassurance that this is the path. I, I don't want to miss the path that he has for me. And so mm-hmm. it's more of an opportunity to minister to clients to come through me. You know, I might not be, you know, John Bevere has a, had a really good podcast one time about basically a doctor he knew once that took a week off of work and he was putting pamphlets on the pews and, the guy said, no, we have people to do that. And he said, don't you dare take away my one week of serving the Lord. And it said, mm. oh, you're a doctor. You serve the Lord every single day. But, you know, there's something that we're all called to different parts of ministry. And just because you're not in the church ministering doesn't mean you can't minister through your business. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, uh, I actually got a, some new clients and this year from a, a, a very good CPA that moved to Dallas. But, um, you know, I get their client work papers. And in the bottom of his work papers on his letterhead, it says serving Christ through serving you. And I just love that. It stuck Mm -hmm. with me. Mm -hmm. And it truly is an opportunity that, you know, these clients come in who who a lot of times are stressed because they don't understand why they're getting letters from the IRS or the state. And it's a very stressful situation for them. And then, you know, it's a good chance to minister that, you know, of of who our trust is in and that it's all going to be okay, And it always is. But it's it's something I've been trying to grow in. That's really good when you when you have your own business and you're able to do that. You know, there's less restrictions from, you know, like a boss or something telling you, hey, hey, don't don't do that. You know, 100 percent. And I mean, and what the best form of ministry is by just by just relationships with people Mm -hmm. as of as of our church, building relationships. I mean, even if you can't sit there and preach at the top of your lungs, 
your relationship with that coworker could be changing and could be the only time that person experiences Christ in their entire life. So there's yeah. that opportunity. I mean, isn't it that, sir, uh, do your job as though you're doing it directly for the Lord, isn't that? I'm not good at yeah. quoting scripture now. <laughs> mm-hmm. but I know yeah. good. Everything you do, <laughs> do it as unto yeah. the Lord. Yeah. yeah. So what, what advice do you give for people who, you know, they want to give, they want to tithe? How do you fit that in, like, with tithing and saving, Okay, you know, so for those who want to? The way I, okay. So if you have a, because I just learned this from experience, you know, as a W-2 employee, you know what's coming home, tithe. That, that's old, that, that is first and foremost, that doesn't matter. Tithe. Mm-hmm. Giving and tithes are two different things. You do your tithes. Okay. And then um, if you have a business, this is where I learned it was, uh, you don't really know what you're bringing home at the most part because, you know, there's different expenses are variable. You don't know what you're making at the end of the year. It's, it, and so I, mm-hmm. for the first two years of me working, I struggled. I, I would, I wasn't tithing throughout the year and I would do a big tithe at the end of the year when I knew what it was. And the Lord mm-hmm. really dealt with me of, hey, that's not having any faith. That's you being analytical and trying to determine what he goes, you give, he goes, and then I'll, I'll provide. And, and he truly has there uh, stepped out in faith this year. And, and I think as, as you, you two know, I mean, you, you put your faith in it. God always answers. Mm-hmm. There's never been a doubt that he's let any one of us down and he never will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so that, that, sorry to kind of go off there about just with businesses. A lot of times we as business owners can get, uh, make excuses to why we're not tithing. And that it's, it's just, I'm here to say it's not an excuse. Um, mm. But yes, so tithe. First, foremost, you tithe. That is a whole different deal. Forgiving, that kind of comes into where you are at financially, because that's where I'm kind of at with the whole Dave thing. Of, you know, do you have your emergency? And like I said, this is this is different. Tithe is done. Tithe, you, you take that out in your budget first and foremost. And then you have you have your emergency funds, you have all that, you have certain levels of your debt taken out and then you start really putting back. Um, Dave recommends 15%, which I like to retirement, put that extra 15% mm-hmm. and anything over that either grow wealth to build, to give more and start giving. But it's kind of, it's, it's kind of hard to say on what, what you should give whenever it depends on what financial, because if you're sitting here paying a thousand dollars in credit card debt, every every month it doesn't it's a lot better to go ahead and get out of that debt so in two years you can yeah. give a thousand dollars a month and in giving instead of giving right. 250 now and doing 250 for the rest of your life because you're always paying a thousand dollars in credit card debt yeah i mean big i mean when you sit down and you look at how much interest you're usually paying in your debt it, it's it's pretty outrageous it definitely is eye-opening is there any is there a such thing as good debt <laughs> Uh, okay. Personally, no. The only thing where I differ slightly from Dave, and that's when it comes to business, and that's using debt to grow wealth, but there's a lot of analytics that need to be done to make sure that debt's going to make you more money. But personal level, no. There is no such thing mm. as good debt. Yeah. But that just means you can't afford mm-hmm. it. <laughs> now, look, I understand that, I mean... I'm, I don't want to be a hypocrite because I have a house note. I mean, it is what it is. All of us have house yeah. notes for the most part. I mean, but it's not good debt. It's something you want to get out as quickly as possible because you don't want to give 
all that money and, and pure interest, not even growing any mm-hmm. capital, you know, any equity in your house. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Dave and, and uh, Dave's all about the masses, which, you know, is for a reason. But that's all about pay off those smaller debts, pay off everything, and then start tackling the house. But didn't you have a question, Mindy? Well, he, um, he kind of answered it. Mine was more of um, saving for retirement. And I know Dave says 15%, but what do you recommend? Where do you put that 15%? Just in a savings account or is there? Okay. Oh, no, I put it in. Now, I'm not a financial okay. advisor, so I don't <laughs> go there. But I, I do know some. And yeah, no, you okay. put it in the market. I mean, because you're looking at guaranteed over a lifetime of, you know, 10% growth at least. And I mean, this uh-huh. is a long time. The market yeah. goes up and down. But yeah, no, put market. it in the market. And that's where a financial advisor would come in, probably. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I would not begin to get <laughs> okay. fight there. That... My advice is just okay. put it in there. Get it with someone, make sure the mm-hmm. fees are good, and put Got it in. It. Okay. Um, so who needs an accountant? <laughs> just kind of in general. Is it just for the someone who owns a business or you're super rich or like I mean, who? if you own a business, you need, yes, you need a CPA 100%. If you're a 1099 employee, you need a CPA. Um, basically, What's a 1099 employee? Uh, someone who doesn't get taxes withheld. So basically the company oh. that you work for is treating you as your own business. And that's what a 1099 okay. is. And so there's different tax advantages and tax planning associated with that. If you're a basic W-2 there's nothing you can do I get, a, I get calls a lot of times from potential Dave clients who say, you know, Hey, this is what I have going on. And I tell them, honestly, I say, look, I, I would be a waste of your money. Go to TurboTax file for free. If you, <laughs> you have a W2. I'm not going to be unreasonable. It's, it's a waste of your time. I mean, it's a waste of mm. your money. Um, but now if you have certain things, W2, you have, you're getting older and you have a lot of retirement income coming in. There's different things to do, but typically unless you have some type of business and it could be selling uh, cookies, it could be something you're barely making anything off of. It's just something you do, but you are making some income then have a CPA look at your um, taxes because I promise you nine times out of 10, they will save you money. Mm-hmm. Mm. They're not going to do anything for you if you're just a W-2. Man, that's already taken care of. There's not really a whole lot you can do, especially with the new, uh, not new, I guess. It was been in for a few year, uh, years now, but the tax cut job, that, that really got rid of a lot of wiggle room that you could try to do when they bumped up the uh, itemized deduction, I mean, the standard deduction. And so that made it a lot more, sim- a lot simpler for a lot of uh, W-2 clients that don't have to worry about anything, go file, and it'll be the best for you. So do you automatically handle your family's finances? Is that one of those things? Like it's not even a question. I, I mean, I do. Uh, <laughs> and then, and obviously I enjoy it. It's, I do enjoy, but uh, yeah, Brittany handles all the medical. Yeah. She does. Hand, I do not touch medical bills. <laughs> and anyway. And we have with two small kids, we have them. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, Lance, thank you mm-hmm. so much for sharing. Uh, I think people got a lot of tips yeah. out of this <laughs> and some things they can think about, you know. Um, but we just have one kind of fun question that if money was no object, like if you just had all the money in the world, what's the craziest thing you'd buy? I don't know if it's crazy, but <laughs> one thing I would buy, and my wife will attest to this, is I would have a 
reliable, loyal babysitter on retainers <laughs> so my wife and I could go on dates. That's awesome. You know, before we had kids, we were just, we'd sit around and be bored. And now, uh-huh. we would get you wish. a weekly, regular date. Uh, yeah. If I had uh-huh. money, someone on retainer and say, hey, every Friday, we're going on a date. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Lots of good info and advice. Well, thank you all so much for having me. And I hope uh, if you know, whoever listens to this doesn't fall asleep. <laughs> but uh, I know it's no. not the most exciting thing to no. talk about. But thank sure. you for having me.